On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder holding their annual rookie introductory press conference. What did we learn about this rookie class? Plus, your mailbag questions again, including what the biggest need for the Thunder is post-draft. All this and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder rookie press conference. What stood out about these new rookies? We talked to Sam Presti as well. And part two of your mailbag questions we're here for you so subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from youtube apple spotify anywhere it's free and available for you to check out the show also of course follow me on twitter at rylan underscore styles and let's get into today's episode as we talk about the rookie presser so a lot to dive into case and wallace talked about how he cannot wait to get on the floor with Lou Dort. And I want to discuss this first because ever since the draft pick was made and the thunder went up to the top 10 to get case and Wallace and they um, drafted another guard, if you will, I just cannot help but think how good this defense can be next year. A defense that even in the doldrums of this rebuild has flirted with you know, top half of the league, top 12, top 10 defense at certain points during the season. This might be the year that it all comes together. And this team is like one of, if not the best defensive teams in the NBA, it is going to be incredibly hard to score on the thunder. You have a guy in SGA who is long lengthy grades out as an excellent defender. According to synergy, you saw him last year, you know, kind of defending a versatile amount of players. You know, Franz Wagner early on in the season, setting the tone November 1st um, in the Paycom Center against uh, Franz Wagner, uh, shutting him down on one of the last possessions of the game. You've seen him defend Luka. You've seen him defend just a versatility, just a versatile amount of, of players. You know who Lou Dort is. Lou Dort is a guy that not only gets praise from media members, but also from his peers and from guys like Dane, calling him the best defender uh, in the league, like having him there is awesome. And I think that we forget just how great Chet Holmgren is on the defensive end as a, as a prospect. He was a great defensive prospect. Hopefully he still has that post injury, but if he's anchoring your defense, especially as this help side rim protector, and then you add, you know, you add case Wallace into that. It is going to be very fun. It's going to be an incredibly fun to, to watch this team gel and to work and to, to be able to throw out, death lineups just squeezes offenses out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and I cannot wait to see um, 
how teams handle it and how the Thunder handle it on top of, you know, envisioning them playing together, envisioning them playing apart is equally as fun. Like it, it, it can get demoralizing. If you're passing the baton from Lou Dort to Kaysen Wallace and you're just, you're, you're never in this game without facing off with a really good perimeter defender uh, that can really, you know, boost you up on a Tuesday night in Orlando or a Tuesday night, you know, in Sacramento or wherever like, that can really help you night in and night out in the NBA. So that is a ton of fun, especially as a guy who, um, you know, has a calling card on defense and, and you can, you can sort of have this bravado of like, you know, yeah, I know Ludwig's good, but I, I don't need him um, to, to help me. And that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like Kaysan is extremely excited to work with Lou Dort. So, so him learning the lesson from Lou Dort will be incredibly fun and incredibly good for OKC. Uh, he also mentioned how comfortable he is playing on and off ball. And we kind of knew this already about his play style. He played four positions at Kentucky last year. Uh, he just wants to help the team win and win basketball games. We get all that, but you know, the, the, the embracement of on ball versus off ball is really encouraging because the thunder are truly going to have to have him do both like it will not be a luxury to have him do both it's going to be a requirement to have him do both because we saw last year where at times whenever you um maybe you don't have shea or giddy on the floor uh you know you have jadub who's good at playmaking especially for his size but at times that second group can look disorganized it can struggle to score in spurts and so having a guy like wallace to kind of settle everything down is encouraging and and is going to be i think a immediate boost to OKC and p- part of you know the last few days after drafting Wallace that has been hey this isn't a project guy like this isn't a a player who like yes he still has a ceiling to obtain but like he's gonna play and he's gonna play really good basketball from the word go uh, in the NBA so that's awesome as well and then just getting a feel for his his mindset and mentality I mentioned on on Thursday night Friday morning that Sam Presti kept harping on how uh, at the McDonald's All-American game and events like that, it was it was Wallace who was getting that extra work in and not doing all the, you know, the hype stuff and the, and playing around and everything else. And so uh, Kaysan Wallace was asked about that, and he said, if you want flashy stuff, don't invite me. He's all about getting work in. And so you have that McDonald's All-American example. You have the example of him getting extra work in at the Combine uh, even. So like Sam Presti calls it a no-agenda basketball player. I think that whenever fans get to watch Wallace play, it's going to be love at first sight for this fan base and what they like in a basketball player and what Kassan Wallace is as a basketball player. It's going to be a match made in heaven. Uh, Mark talked about Wallace and called him Ed Reed. Yes, the legendary uh, safety who I believe is in the Hall of Fame or close to being Hall of Fame, however that all shakes out in the NFL, uh, but a ball-hawking safety that has a nose for the football, in this case basketball, Kassan Wallace, so that's awesome, and that is um, even more of a a check mark for him on the defensive end. And then some of the other stuff. Obviously, he's going to wear twenty two in the NBA, uh, same as he did in college. Uh, he joked around with me that he's going to be up for the challenge of uh, the fashion that comes with playing for the Thunder and keeping up in the fashion department for OKC, which his draft day suit certainly did hold up that into the bargain. Uh, one of the more interesting pieces that's come out since then, also on this day where, where we had the introductory press conference, Nick Gallo. Uh, hosted a Thunder Basketball Universe podcast, which is the podcast like for the in-house Thunder uh, with Wallace and Kanthi Johnson. And uh, Kaysan told Nick that he told his agent as soon as the workout was over, hey, get me to OKC. And that is what we've heard from now Kaysan Wallace, from Josh Giddy, from Chet Holmgren. 
it, it, the list continues to grow of players who want to be in Oklahoma City. Now, of course, you can throw a wet blanket on this and say how much of this is lip service after the fact of like after being drafted by OKC um, versus not. But it feels pretty real. It feels pretty, pretty real for for especially Chet and Josh Giddy and now uh, Kassan Wallace uh, with what we've seen from him as well. Other than that, he's mentioned how, uh, you know, he's talked to some of the guys on the team and they seem very down to earth. So it feels like he's going to kind of gel right in there. Um, but throughout the night or throughout the afternoon, he was very much talking about how he wanted to be in OKC. And then he mentioned how the Thunder trading into the top 10 like meant a lot to him and that it kind of uh, assured him or that it kind of um, showed him how much the Thunder believe in him to go up to the top 10 to make sure they get him specifically. So that is a great start to your career. It has to feel good. Uh, you know, it feels good to anyone to get drafted, no matter if you're pick 55, 58 or two or one or wherever, but it is, you know, noteworthy that the team not only selected you, but they jumped up a couple spots, took on a bad contract, made sure uh, that they could call your name on draft night. So that kind of makes you have even more of an edge uh, whenever we're talking about, you know, starting your career. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, you know, we're only a couple days away now from watching uh, Wallace play in summer league and watching the summer league roster, uh, get released and unfolded. We'll have more on that coming up. Is Chet Holmgren going to play in Summer League? Plus, what Keontae Johnson uh, mentioned to us at the introductory press conference and more from Sam Presti, plus your mailbag questions all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at eBay Motors. Folks, eBay Motors is great because they know that just like a championship team, to get a championship-level car, you need the perfect fit just like you do when building your roster. And so with that being said, the next time you have to work on your car with parts or accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. And whenever you do, you can get the eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure that the part fits just right the first time around just by adding your car to the My Garage tab and looking for that green check mark next to the part. That way you know it'll fit just right, guaranteed, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And so make sure you stop over there at eBay Motors uh, and they have over 122 million parts to choose from to make sure you're back in the game in no time with your vehicle. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit. Only available in US uh, for US customers. Eligible items only and exclusions to apply. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. What a fun week it is. We're going to talk about the rookie press conference today, talk about how these guys fit with the Thunder uh, tomorrow. We're going to go over the summer league roster, uh, moving on with the week, and as well as uh, previewing and recapping free agency. So a very much jam-packed week. Uh, even as the draft is over. Kathy Johnson will wear number 18. Uh, he mentioned that there's not really a rhyme or reason to that. I asked him why 18. Like it's, it's, it's not a weird number, but just kind of like an abnormal number, I guess. Uh, and he mentioned there's just no rhyme or reason. He wanted 11. 11 is obviously taken. He wanted 22. Obviously, Kaysen is 22. So 18 was the lowest number, closest to 11, I think is what he said, for the explanation uh, on why he's wearing 18. But there you have it. Kathy Johnson will wear 18. 
Also, Keanthe Johnson will be on a two-way contract uh, per Sam Presti. Per Sam Presti confirmed that. Now, uh, the only thing that's left to wonder here about the two-way contract is, is this a multi-year, two-year contract or a one-year two-way contract? Uh, especially with that third two-way deal, it could give you the luxury of, of wanting him to take up multiple years on the two-way deal uh, because the Thunder have a history of converting these guys to standard contracts. Maybe you can talk to his agent and say, look, we know it's a multi-year two-way deal, but you know, trust us, we've got you. If you perform, we've got you. Uh, just like we've had you know, Wiggins and Dort and everyone else uh, who, who has been converted to standard deals. So I'm interested to see if that's a one-year deal or a two-year deal on that two-way contract, but we don't know that as of right now and probably won't know that for a long time. But that's just my thoughts on that. They, they joked around with each other uh, whenever they were asked about playing each other in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Kante Johnson mentioned that Cassan uh, Wallace was at, the, was at the top of Kansas State's scouting report and then um wallace mentioned that for for kentucky anthony johnson was at the top of their scouting report so these two guys were like the main staple of um ncaa march madness basketball and kathy johnson kind of joked that hey even though we had uh kissing wallace at, a, at, a, at the top of our scouting report he still dropped 21 points nine rebounds and four assists on uh on the way to a, a 75 to 69 point loss uh, for Kentucky. Kathy Johnson hit the dagger in that game, uh, but he scored 13 points, four rebounds, and three assists in 39 minutes for the Wildcats against the Wildcats. And that was part of Kansas State's Cinderella miraculous run. What a season they had, by the way. Uh, and 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 Keontae was a part of that, of just like all these transfers that they brought in, and they went 26 and nine and were able to go uh, pretty deep into the tournament. But nonetheless, it was funny. Also, in that game, where, where the two players were joking about it, Sam Presti uh, spoke up, was like, hey, I was there too. So they all three were in this game. Sam Presti made it known that like, hey, that wasn't the reason why we drafted these guys, but it, it is cool that he was in attendance for that game and they both end up being um, on the Thunder. Uh, Kante Johnson also grew up as a as an OKC Thunder fan, just like you listen to this podcast probably, uh, playing with the Thunder in 2K, and we all know about the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden days. What? Who didn't play with the Thunder in 2K, even if you weren't a Thunder fan growing up? So that's cool. I mean, that's a cool story. And and Kathy Johnson has some juice. Like, he has some juice. I'm telling you, he'll spend the majority of his first half of his season, I think, with the blue. But I promise you, uh, you're going to be raising your eyebrows at Kathy Johnson um, in, in this season. I think that, you know, Getting molded by Cam Woods with his skill set is going to be very good for him and very good for the Thunder also to, to, to kind of provide value and more depth in their roster because we know it's an 82-game season and injuries are going to happen and and everything else is going to stack up to where you're going to have to call on pretty much every, every guy on your roster and calling on Kathy Johnson is going to be good for OKC. Uh, Sam Presti, his whole deal was about Chet Holmgren mainly. Uh, that was kind of his whole uh, headline. Mark's headline was was about calling Hassan Wallace and Ed Reed Ballhawk, although I would say his headline is saying that draft day is a bad movie, which it is not, by the way. Mark, listen, I have I, I don't think I've ever criticized Mark yet. But as a matter of fact, like two two months into the job, I called Mark the best coach in Thunder history. But I will say, as a point of criticism, Mark, come on now. Draft day is a fantastic movie. I mean, look, it, it is not a sin, it's not a, a, a masterpiece of cinema. But it is a really good movie in terms of if you know you're going to get a cheesy, 
goofy movie, you can sit back, relax, and enjoy the film and, and just enjoy the ride. Like, the, 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 does does trades go down that way? Probably not. Probably not. But I can dream. I can dream. I can hope that that's how trades go down. I can hope that Sam Presti and Nico Harrison, who, who were talking for a week leading up to the trade, according to uh, you know Sam himself, what if here here's an example? What if uh, Wednesday afternoon? Sam calls up Nico and goes, look, let's do the deal. Let's do the trade, whatever the first initial framework was. And Nico goes, you know, Sam, we live in a different world than we lived in just one week ago and hung up. And then they got to do this all over again, this whole song and dance. Look, I'm just saying it could happen. And it's not a bad movie. To call it a bad movie, Mark, is a little, is a little bit too far. A little bit too far. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, especially uh, to watch before a draft, NFL, NBA, whatever. Not MLB. MLB draft sucks. Like, I'm sorry. If you like baseball, that's fine. They will be drafts are stupid. It really is. But nonetheless, I digress. Uh, Sam on Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren will seemingly play in summer league. Like Sam Presti said everything but he'll play. <laughs> he said that, you know, they they hope, they expect. Uh, Chet wants to. Chet's had a really good offseason. The roster isn't out yet, so I, I don't think you can just outright say he'll play for sure. Uh, you know, because you don't want to say that. And then what if something pops up just in general and he can't play? But I... At this point, it's like 99.999% Chet Holmgren will play in Summer League. Uh, I would say he'll probably only play in Salt Lake City. So if you're going out to Vegas, uh, don't hold your breath on that. But uh, I think that he'll at least play in Salt Lake City uh, for the July 3rd through 6th uh, circuit out there in SLC. But that is noted. J-Dub is for sure playing in Summer League. Usman Jang is for sure playing in Summer League. No one's really asked about this or talked about this, but I think it's pretty well understood that J-Will should be playing in Summer League, and so I think that J-Will will play in Summer League. And then you have some interesting names past that. Obviously, the two draft picks, Wallace and Kathy Johnson, but then I, I really cannot shake just how much value that Caleb McConnelly could have out of Rutgers. Like, this defensive guard could be someone who impressed you at Summer League, gets put on a two-way deal, and dominates in the G League. Like I wouldn't, I I cannot get over how excited I am to watch Caleb uh, and Adam Flagler, a, another guy that's kind of in that in that Jared Butler mold. You know how much I love Jared Butler. Shot forty percent from three, underneath shooting. Uh, keep an eye on him. Tanner Groves is also here. This is like the Ryan Spangler appreciation for the hometown kid award, I guess. Uh, I would expect him to have just as much of an impact as uh, Ryan Spangler did uh, for the Thunder in summer league, but. Tanner Gross is here. He has a cool beard. He's, he's a cool guy, I guess. So that's awesome. Uh, I asked Mark if uh, you know, who would be coaching Summer League and if Cam will be coaching the G League again next year. Uh, for Summer League, Mark said that they'll be split between Cam Woods and the other assistant, uh, David uh, David Akinyoye, who is an assistant for the Thunder. Cam Woods, the head coach for the Oklahoma City Blue, uh, the G League team. They'll split Summer League, I would imagine, do a clean split and like cam does salt lake city and david does vegas but maybe it's split some other way who knows but it's going to be split somehow between cam woods and david akinyoye so watch out for that as well sam presti mentioned that it was good to have michich in okc and like in the building and, and physically see him and talk to him i did a whole michich podcast yesterday so go back and listen to that uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on michich and then the last tidbit for Sam Presti was that Sam Presti said the Thunder are always trying to pick as high as they can. So rest assured, as we've all been telling you, 
Sam Presti is always trying to make draft day trades. He's made a draft day trade every year since 2019. And he's always trying to pick extremely high. Now, sometimes it works out and you get to pick really high in the draft. Sometimes it doesn't though. Like whenever it's been wildly reported, widely reported that the Thunder have been trying, you know, we're trying to get Evan Mobley in the 2021 draft, but they couldn't move up because draft day trades are hard to pull off. Like that's, that's the thing that they're hard to pull off. And, and, the misconception I've seen from this specific draft day is like, well, why didn't you go get the Indiana pick? Why didn't you go trade up and get the Indiana pick at seven if it only costs two second-round picks? No, 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 no. It costs two second-round picks to move down one spot and get your guy. If Indiana moved back from seven all the way down to 12, they're not getting their guy. That's what draft day trades are made of. Draft day trades are not made of just overwhelming teams. It's why you couldn't overwhelm Cleveland. With all the draft capital you had at that time, you still couldn't get Cleveland's third overall pick to make them drop down to six because they could no longer get their guy or even a semblance of their guy. Same thing with Indiana. You can't get Walker at 12. You just can't. You know where you can get them? Going from seven to eight and getting a free two picks in the process. So the price for the seventh overall pick was not two draft picks or two second round picks. It was two second round picks plus getting the guy you were originally going to get anyway, which the Thunder couldn't offer them, couldn't deliver to them. And so that's where we've always said on this podcast that draft day trades get hung up on. And so they tried to pick as high as they could. They could get up to 10 and they got to 10 and they went and got their guy at 10 uh, in case on Wallace, uh, who I've been saying I've heard that he was going to go top 10 in this draft. Now, coming up, we're still not done yet. We've got your mailbag questions. Wrapping up part two of your questions, because you left so many of them uh, for Monday's mailbag. We had to extend it on into the next day. So I appreciate that and hope you do the same on Sunday after free agency opens up. So let's talk about free agency. Let's talk about what the routes the Thunder can go and what the team needs are for OKC entering free agency. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Go to thunderousintentions.com. Subscribe to Lockdown Thunder anywhere you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. And let's check out your mailbag questions at Andrew Baxter 90 when does free agency open and what should the Thunder expect? What should the Thunder fans expect in free agency? So talking central time, like local time, free agency opens up on Friday at 5 p.m. You know that uh, you'll be hearing of deals, sniffing around deals early Friday afternoon. And when the floodgates open at 5.01, away we go <laughs> with free agency. But yeah, 5 p.m. local time here in Oklahoma on Friday. I would honestly not expect anything in free agency. Uh, the Thunder have two two-way spots open. So if you're interested in that and like who, who's going to fill those spots, that'll trickle out uh, eventually. But it, it's tough to look at this shallow free agency market and see what the Thunder might do, especially with their already crunchy roster. Speaking of free agency, Dube asked, could OKC pick up Kyle Kuzma in free agency? Okay, sure, they could pick up Kyle Kuzma. However, I don't think Kyle Kuzma would want to play in OKC, nor do I think OKC would want to go chase Kyle Kuzma. I'll use this question, though, 
for a broader point. If you're going to ask me, should the Thunder go get this guy? Should the Thunder go get that guy? I am of the belief that there is no such thing. There is no such thing as a bad player or a bad contract if it's within three years. They could sign anyone to a one to three year deal. And I'm, I'm just at worst meh about it. And at best, extremely excited about it. They could sign you podcast listener right now, driving in your car, working at your desk, falling asleep, listening to my voice. That's kind of weird, but might be doing it. They could sign you to a three year, a hundred million dollar contract. And I don't really care because it doesn't really impact anything you're trying to do with this core. Now, if the contract then lingers and hinders you from making decisions on this core and extending this core, that's when it's taken more seriously and like more um, fine tooth combing the selections, you know, the, the, the players, the contracts. But if you keep this contract within a one to three year window, especially a one year window, I'm fine with it. it I'm, I'm totally fine with it, with whoever it is uh, that, that the Thunder could sign. But I will say, I do not really expect them to, to sign anybody. I, I think if they were going to make a, a move for the improvement and, and betterment of this roster, it would be via trade more so than via free agency, especially with this draft class. But we know Sam Presti oftentimes surprises us. So we'll see what he has up his sleeves on Friday at 5 p.m. We're also uh, going to have a recap of night one of free agency. Just, you know, if anything happens with the Thunder, we'll be here, obviously but also how other moves around the league uh, impact Oklahoma City that get made in the early onset of free agency on Friday. Blake asks, post-draft, what needs does the Thunder have uh, besi- you know, besides just time to develop? So I can't lean on the crutch of developmental time. What else do they need to do? Look, I, I think that this will be more defined next year. And so I'm not leaning on the time thing. I'm just saying like right now, what it, what looks like the Thunder need right now is consistent shooting and rebounding. That's pretty much it. Like, like, that's what it looks like they need right now. However, that list will grow longer after this season. These are, are what has to get decided this year. You know, how does Chet Holmgren look at center? They're going to play him at center. They want him to be a center. You know, I think that he can be a center, but how does it look? Does he need a floor spacer next to him? Does he need brute strength next to him? Does he, what does he need next to him? Does he need J-Dub next to him? And it's just like a perfect fit. What does he need next to him? That has to be broached this year. It won't be totally decided, but it has to be broached this year. And then you rattle off Pokashevsky, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Usman Jang. That's a big chunk of your, and Jay will, that's a big chunk of your four slash five depth. Can Jay will sustain his rookie season? Because we know it's 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 not you know impossible to see a regression as a sophomore and, and leave you wondering what's next. Can Jeremiah Robinson Earl bounce back after a messy year where he was battling injury? And, you know, I think that people forget how good he can be. Now, does Usman Jang progress at, at, the, at the pace you want him to? And then is Pokashevsky like a thing? The Thunder typically do not let guys hit restricted free agency. I don't think that they're going to extend Pokashevsky this year. Uh, if they do, it'd be to a massively team-friendly contract, which, which would be awesome. But I'm not sure Pokashevsky would accept that. Uh, you know, So that leaves you with kind of an abnormality of the Thunder letting a guy go to RFA and, and is he a guy you want to bring back? So like those four questions right there immediately impact what you want to do with your roster next year in terms of the 4-5 position. 
Because what if they're all bad? What if they're all good? What if they're all middling? Like that totally changes what you think you need. Just that position group alone uh, of what's going on. Not to mention Trey Mann. Like Trey Mann has the potential to be a fantastic bench scorer and to be a guy that off the bench can give you 15, could light it up for 30, could light it up for 40 points in, in some random Tuesday night in Cleveland. But like on a consistent basis, what is he? Can he be more consistent? Can he actually score that 10 to 15 points a night off the bench and, and be a guy you can pass the baton to and keep your offense in rhythm and, and, and maintain a lead and not let go of the rope, so to say, and needing your starters to go and bail you out? Like those questions will then tell us what this team needs next year. And so beyond just developmental time, it's just data collecting time that you need. Uh, because right now the data point suggests the Thunder just need rebounding and consistent shooting from beyond the arc. Because they've addressed shot blocking and rim protection with Chet Holmgren at 7-1, who's a really good you know, defensive prospect. Uh, they've, addre- they've addressed uh, you know some, some shoring up of the ball handling duties on the second unit with drafting Kassan Wallace and the defense that he provides on the perimeter. like, But that list will grow as we see how these things start to shake out. So as of right now, to answer your question, I would say they need better three-point shooting uh, and they need rebounding. Whenever I say rebounding, it's not necessarily like go get a 7-4, just beefy boy. It's get nasty. Like Sam Presti said, like you need to have that edge and mentality of, of getting nasty and mixing it up on the glass this season. So let's see if they can do it at Walter. I always wonder when they work out uh, a prospect pre-draft, did the current roster players participate in that? Like Poku, was he injured in one of those workouts? From what I've heard, no, Pokusevsky was not injured in a draft workout. He was injured in like another run, uh, but that's beside the point. Yes, typically current players are in town and like could be in the facility while draft workouts are going on. Like we know this year there was a great, video of Dame uh, in attendance for Scoot's workout. So it's not unheard of, uh, but, but as far as like the Thunder specifically, does this happen? It's tough to know because, you know, the Thunder don't release stuff about their workouts, but yeah, the, the, the odds are there, there's not only people in town, but the odds are there's people in the facility that are already on the team during some of these workouts. Cause they're just already here hanging out, working out. And we got to bring in these guys at some point uh, on the, on the pre-draft process. But yeah, in general, like, like we said, with the Dame video, watching scoot work out like in general these guys are around uh you know and and kind of hanging around doing stuff uh, during this time but as far as like participating in the workout themselves no i don't think that they really participate necessarily they, they're probably more so just watch i would guess um but who knows but that's the best i can do to answer your question but yeah guys are in town guys are using the thunder facility to work out all that good stuff uh, popping in and out of town all that stuff can did you have too much coffee before your 4 a.m. post-draft pod? Well, I always have too much caffeine before anything in life, really. Uh, let's see. Let's recount the day. Thursday, I got ready, left the house at noon. Well, like 11.30 a.m., really. Went to Starbucks. I got two venti coffees, chugged them on the way to Oklahoma city, which is an hour and a half drive. So two vintage coffees in an hour and a half, um, went to Oklahoma city, uh, ran some errands around there. Um, went to the facility, had water and Gatorade. They had, they had great Gatorade for us, by the way. Uh, after that, I went home. I stopped at the, uh, 
I guess it's called loves now. didn't know that. That was a new surprise to me. It used to be called the easy go on the, on the, uh, uh, around Chickasha on the way home and got a cappuccino large, of course, uh, and water and a Gatorade pretty much drunk all of that on the way home and then record a podcast where I like talk like Chris Russo for a little bit in there. So yeah, I had too much coffee and too much caffeine, but what else is new really? Anyway, a, if what's there's a great name, by the way, a, if we were to package Berton's and Dort's contract next year and attach our million picks to this package, what would be the dream scenario star for us? I'm honestly going to have to cop out again because I'll say it this way. Who wouldn't you want? Realistically, like, like, okay, you can say, I wouldn't want Rudy Gobert. Duh. No one does. But the Timberwolves don't want Rudy Gobert. Of the realistic players who would be worth trading Lou Dort, Bertans, and, and, and multiple first-round picks for, uh, you know, at this juncture in time, you would say, okay, I would do that. Who just screams bad decision, bad move, right? We knew whenever the whenever Memphis, whenever Minnesota did the move, that's a weird pairing that might not work, and it didn't work with Cat and Rudy Gobert. Now maybe it will in the future, but it doesn't seem that way at least. So like for the Thunder, I'm getting back to the point. The reason I cop out and say time is that right now everything looks gravy. Everything looks everything's coming up roses in OKC. You have the main first round picks. You have Berton Stewart's contract to throw out there. Throw in a name that like, like that just screams, hey, this is not going to work. Even Jalen Brown, who people are really down on. And I'm down on Jalen Brown because I don't think he fits the Thunder. I don't think, I think that the lack of playmaking really hinders his ability to fit in with the Thunder want him to do. Uh, but even like him, like if, if he was on the Thunder, you'd talk yourself into him being uh, a really good pickup for them. So like the Thunder core is so versatile. Like it's so versatile that you can, literally envision right now anyone playing with this team that changes though as you see this core in practice as you see another year of what Jada looks like playing one two three four five as you see another year of what chet looks like playing the, the five or the first year of chet playing in general uh in the nba as you see another year of, of sga is is that three ball going to come around is he you know how's he going to get his buckets you know consistently again uh, this season as you see another year of josh giddy that does, does his three ball come around does, does, does his offensive game take another step forward as they took a step forward in year two like everything's tracking so well and every player is doing so well that right now it feels like you can do whatever you want like it feels like you can go get any player of any position of any play style and say yep they'll fit in the thunder can change their stripes to match that guy and that's probably not the case. It probably just feels that way because everything's riding so high. And so that's why I say, I don't even know who the dream target would be because I don't know who the nightmare target would be. Like it's hard to have the dream without the nightmare. It's hard to know exactly uh, who the thunder should go get without knowing who they shouldn't go get. And again, obviously don't go get Ben Simmons. Don't go get Rudy Gobert. We know that, but like of the players who are, who could be on the block, uh, who could warrant multiple first round picks and, 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 and door and then the, and then the matching salary of Bertans of those players. They all seem like really good options, like for this core, if the thunder wanted to do that. And so that's why I think it's, it's re- required for the thunder to take it slow and to be patient. It's not as though they're scared to make the move or that they um, want to keep kicking the can down the road. It's more so 
a requirement of you don't want to be Minnesota. You don't want to have that singular, singular taste of success. And then you've packed you know, you've partnered cat with a guy he just cannot function with. And you've ruined ants game because now you've got two bigs and it's harder for him to score. And you make life difficult on your own, on your best player. Like it, you just don't want to do that and give up all your assets to do it. You don't want to empty your chamber too soon. So let me know who you think the Thunder should go get and who you think the Thunder should go acquire. What should they do in free agency, if anything? And what is your opinion on what the Thunder did in the draft? Are you more excited or less excited having seen the interviews with Kassan Wallace and Kathy Johnson and after hearing everything about these picks? Let me know what you think on YouTube and on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until tomorrow, be good. Be good to one another.